Well, good morning, Bel Air Church. I love all the connections being made. Well, what a joy it is to be together in worship this morning. How many of you joined us last week? How about the week before that? So you are, you've been participating with us then in this series that we're in, Like, Follow, Subscribe, Share. In a culture of fame, Jesus calls us to follow. How'd you like that so far? How was Drew's sermon last week? Pretty good, right? I know, there's a lot that resonated with me. One of them was the easily offended part. Did that resonate with anybody? A little bit easily offended these days. Like, my husband will sneeze, and that's fine. Like, the first sneeze is good. The second sneeze, I'm like, pull it together, Mike Morgan. Um, Yeah, but like, we need to be aware of that. I think it's really good, you know, as Christians. But, you know, in this culture, you know, we could like, you know, people we follow on Instagram or different things. We can give them a thumbs up. You know, we, we subscribe to certain YouTube channels or newsletters. You know, we share uh, different, like, news things that we see or, new, uh, you know, just anything. We, we forward emails. You know who you are. <laughs> but we like to participate in all kinds of things, in the like, in the follow, in the subscribe, in the share. But how do we think about this in terms of our faith? How do we think about this in terms of how we interact with Jesus? What does this look like as we experience and as we grow deeper in our relationship with Christ? Well, today we're going to be asking that question, what does it mean for us to subscribe to Jesus? Now, this is a little different than subscribing to the the church newsletter, although I know I really want you to do that, bellair.org forward slash connect. But let's explore what Scripture has to say. Let's, let's look and see what it means for us to subscribe to Jesus today. Turn with me in your pew Bibles. We're going to go to Matthew 16. And I know we want to do our phones a lot, but I actually want you to grab that Bible if you can. If you see that red pew Bible, pew Bible in front of you, page 798. 798, Matthew 16, verses 24 through 25. And I want you to keep those, those Bibles open, too, even as I'm done reading. Keep those open because we're going to be coming back to this text. So hold it there. So Matthew 16, verse 24 through 25. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any wish to come after me, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. This, my friends, is the reading of God's word. Thanks be to God God for this teaching. Well, friends, when we think about the word subscribe, for me, I immediately think about all the streaming services that I subscribe to. Netflix, uh, Amazon Prime, um, Disney Plus, HBO Max. What else do we have? Apple TV. Somebody said, I have Apple TV. Hulu. But I don't know about you, but what do you think about when you think of the word subscribe? Do you have a lot of subscriptions these days? I'm sure you've got a lot of streaming. Why do we have so many, by the way? Can somebody figure that out? But we subscribe to all kinds of things. We are informed by a lot. We are taking in all kinds of information. And sometimes these things might shape us in some ways. They might be affecting and transforming us in some ways. But what about Jesus? Are we subscribing to Jesus and how he wants us to live? Now, if we go back to this text, 
We weren't just going to read it once. I, I know you were hoping that we would. This is like such a tough one, you know? I'm like, ooh, okay. Deny ourselves. We're doing Matthew 16. This is hard. Jesus is talking to his disciples. This is some provocative teaching, and I'm going to read it again. I really want you to listen. Don't tune me out. If any wish to come after me, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. Deny themselves. Take up their cross. Lose their life. This is not some light teaching. You know, it's not like the most comforting teaching of Jesus's. Like, I love, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. You know, I love the, uh, the comforting Jesus. But this is hard. This is heavy. And these words, it's really important for us to know this, that these words, they come in the middle of a dialogue that Jesus is having with his disciples. That's why I wanted you to keep your, your Bibles open for this moment. It's important for us to take a look. What is happening just before this? So with your Bibles open, we're still in Matthew 16. I want you to go up to verse 13. I'm going to read it for you, verse 13. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. So Jesus is asking his disciples, there's all kinds of talk going on about who I am, and so what's the word on the street? What are people saying? You know, and they're like, well, some people think you're maybe a prophet. And he says, but who do you say that I am? What are you believing about me? And Peter, I love it, Peter just comes in, he's like, you are the Messiah. And Messiah here, you guys, this is a loaded term for him to use. Christos, the Christ, the anointed one, the one promised to us, the one that we've been waiting for, the one that's gonna free us and redeem us and liberate us and heal us. That's who you are, the son of the living God. You are the Messiah. And what does Jesus say? That a boy, Peter, blessed are you. You got it. You got the right answer. And so Peter's like, yes, <laughs> Messiah, I'm right. This is great. But then, verse 21, from that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed, and on the third day, be raised. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. So right after this powerful moment of Peter declaring Jesus' messianic identity, Jesus follows it with this shocking picture of suffering and death. I picture this, like, you know, we've all seen a movie where all of a sudden you're, there's like a party going on and the record skips, the music stops, the lights come on. 
like parties over, someone did something really off or awkward or uncool, that's this moment right here. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. Jesus, we just proclaimed who you were, and we're all pretty amped about that, actually. Like, you're the Messiah. You're going to bring about a kingdom of, of earthly reign and power and, like, fame and success, and we're like your boys. We're behind you. And you're saying what now? Endure suffering? Be killed? What Jesus is saying here doesn't fit their expectations of who they thought the Messiah would be. It's not what they wanted to subscribe to. These words they hear from Jesus, they would have been quite controversial for them to hear. The disciples are now forced in this moment to reevaluate who they thought the Messiah would be and should be, and so they begin to kind of wrestle with this cognitive dissonance that will stay with them throughout the duration of Jesus' ministry, this discomfort. And it'll just continue as he encounters people and their suffering with love and mercy and grace. He would constantly counter their ideas, the things they held and the things they hoped for in the Messiah. And so it's important that we know that because we have to understand that in this moment, Peter reacts. And it should be a very normal and natural reaction. Peter reacts defensively. Look how Peter responds, verse 22. And Peter says to him, Peter took him aside, him being Jesus, the Messiah, and begins to rebuke him saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. Can you imagine Peter in this moment? The audacity of Peter to take the Messiah aside and begin to say, you're wrong, that is not going to happen, that is not the way you will go. Peter clearly did not want to subscribe to what Jesus was saying, to his plans of suffering and death. Jesus turns to Peter and boldly replies, verse 23, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on worldly things. Jesus has some strong words for Peter here, right? <laughs> Can we all just acknowledge this for a second? That, like on the list of things I would want Jesus to not say to me, get behind me, Satan, would be up there. Can you imagine being like, I'm all about it. Jesus is like, get behind me, Satan. Like, that's like, oh, gosh. I mean, it's intense. But Jesus was responding in a way to some temptations. He was rejecting a very real temptation to take another way to take away that he would not have to go towards the cross, that he would not have to deny himself. A way that would be easy, earthly, successful, comfortable. But that's not the way. Jesus' way would be to deny himself, to take up his cross. He would not avoid the suffering and he would not avoid death. This is very reminiscent of Jesus' temptation in the wilderness. You can read about that later in Matthew 4. 
It's a really powerful moment where Jesus is faced with these temptations. And here again, it's resurfacing. Jesus is saying, no, Peter, you are thinking like the world does. I know you envision my power and fame in worldly terms, but I'm trying to show you a new way. Your thinking is a stumbling block. This is a literal thing in my way that is getting in my path. The way I'm going to go is not your way. It's not an earthly way. It's a heavenly way, a way of self-denial, a way of humility and sacrifice. And that, by the way, is the way I'm asking you to go as my disciple. Peter wanted a Messiah on his own terms, do we? One that aligns with our thinking, our hopes, our dreams. One that is more palatable and passive. But subscribing to Jesus means subscribing to self-denial and humility and taking up your cross. These are not human things. These are divine things. And Jesus was repeatedly trying to get them and to get us to see this. He poured out his life in loving action to those around him, caring for people, healing their wounds, seen and unseen. And over the course of his public ministry, friends, he was never seeking his own Fame. He was never seeking to be served. He was never seeking to be honored. This is our Messiah. He was never seeking even to have his own way. He was faithful to the Father. Not my will, but yours be done. Obedient to the end. And he would go on to give up himself in the ultimate sacrificial act of love on the cross. He would literally take up his cross, literally deny himself, and lose his life, redeeming us, giving us life. Now today, we're on the other side of this, right? We know the story. We've got scripture in front of us. We know how it ends. So we might scoff a little bit at Peter, like, calm down, Peter. You don't get it. But... (laughs) But this is us. We subscribe to Jesus' sacrificial and saving work on the cross, right? Many of us. We're Christians. If you're a Christian here, you, you, I've subscribed to the work of Jesus on the cross. What happened here? But do we subscribe to how Jesus calls us to live? Are we willing to subscribe to self-denial? Are we willing to subscribe to taking up our cross every day? maybe multiple times a day? Do we really subscribe to the idea that losing our life for Jesus' sake means that we'll find it? Can you think about that for a second? Because you notice that there? Like, that's hope, right? Jesus is saying, stop holding on to your life. How's that going for you, by the way? Reaching and grasping and holding on to your life. Are you happy with that? Is that satisfying? Because Jesus is saying that is an earthly thing. I want you to hold on to me. Let go of your life, because guess what? I'm going to give you life. Do you believe that? 
Do we trust Jesus' words? This is our Messiah. Will we trust that in him we will have life abundant? There is a difference between, and I know that, or I like that, I love that, and I live that. Denying ourselves means thinking of ourselves less, not thinking less of ourselves. Heard somebody put it that way. It means we stop being so self-consumed and so self-absorbed and so self-righteous and so self-centered. We've got a real strong propensity for that, don't we, church? To think about number one. Taking up our cross daily means taking up humility and laying down pride. It means taking up gratitude and laying down entitlement. It means taking up forgiveness and laying down resentment. It means taking up kindness and laying down the desire to put Uncle Frank in his place at the Thanksgiving table. (laughs) People are going to say some awkward things on Thursday. What are we going to do? Take up your cross. Take up your cross. Losing our life for Jesus means we stop grasping for success and significance and our need to be liked. Letting our fondness for the applause and approval of the world die so that we can find our lives in Jesus. Find true freedom and deep joy with Christ. Now, we can see time and time again all kinds of stories of Jesus in Scripture, of him pouring out his life, pouring out love, comforting and compassionate towards those around him. And so I could pick all kinds, but in prepping for this, the story that came to mind was Jesus washing his disciples' feet. We see this powerful example in John chapter 13. We've got this scene in the upper room It's the the last kind of few hours that Jesus has with his disciples. And I don't want you to miss this because think about it. If you knew you were about to die, which Jesus did, and you knew that you had a few hours left to communicate your heart, your passion, your vision for the world, you would be laying it out at this table. Jesus could have done and said all kinds of things, but you, you don't want to know one of the acts that he does. He gets down on his knees and washes his disciples' feet. John 13, verse 4. Jesus got up from supper, took off his outer robe, tied a towel around himself, and then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. And he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know now what I am doing but later you will understand. Peter said to him, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no share with me. And then Peter said, Lord, not my feet only, then my hands and my head. I love how Peter just turns on a dime there. Again, for Peter and the disciples, Jesus inaugurated an entirely new way of thinking about God, an entirely new way of thinking about how to live, 
not just for yourself, but for others. This was crazy. This moment here, I know the context is lost in us. Friends, this is crazy. The Messiah, the Holy One, washing the feet of 12 dirty first century men. Like, this should absolutely leave us speechless. This is God. This is God on the ground, washing feet. And I love how Peter here, he's just, this is so human to be like, you will never wash my feet, Lord. He doesn't get it. And Jesus says, unless I do this, unless you receive this from me, you will have no part of me. There's a really beautiful piece of art I want to bring up on the screen. It's by Ford Maddox Brown. It's painted about 150 years ago. I just love this picture because Peter is so uncomfortable. <laughs> right? He's just like, this is awkward. Don't do it. But I think this demonstrates how hard it is for us to think of Jesus in these terms, of serving us, of stooping so low, of being so humble. You know, feet are like a really um, kind of vulnerable thing, right? <laughs> Everybody touch your feet. It's like a little uncomfortable. Can you imagine what this would have been like for Peter? Jesus in his final hours is communicating something. Not just for information, not just a nice little parting gesture, like this is nice. This is transformational. This is revolutionary. Jesus tells them, do this. Do this. As I have done for you, do this. And a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. And in doing so, the world will know you're my disciples by your love for one another. The thing about serving one another is you need, a one, you need another, right? So there's a, little, a slight little teaching here I want to just touch on for a second. Did you notice the receiving component of Peter? You've got to receive. I know that there's a lot of people in here who give a lot. You are giving and giving and giving and giving and maybe you're a little resentful. It's time for you to receive. I'm getting a lot of head nods, like, yeah, I know. Preach it, Rebecca. The thing is like this, we have to have somebody taking what we're giving, right? Like, it doesn't work. Like, if I'm like, Mike, let me get, and you're like, no, it, it doesn't work. The one another thing, this is a, a key component. You, we give and we take. And sometimes, friends, I don't care, I'm going to say it, it's your ego getting in the way of receiving. I don't need your help. I'm good. I'm actually the one who gives all the time. I'm the giver. I'm going to give, but no, like I'm good. So I, there's a group of 30 women who are leaders of this church. I asked them a question. This came up in a conversation. I said, how many of you have a hard time asking for help? Every single one of them raised their hands. Leaders, 
spiritually mature. Women who've been part of the church, know Jesus for a long, long time, have a hard time asking for help. So where are you this morning? Do you need to receive? Do you need to allow somebody to help care for you and carry you? Or maybe you're on the other side of things. You're like, I'm really good at receiving. (laughs) I'm so good at receiving. It's time to give a little. Denying yourself can look like being the person who willingly sits with another in their suffering. And it can also look like being willing to let another sit with you in yours. Do we take up our cross like this daily? Do we deny ourselves and serve others with humility, with things that might feel a little too... When you hear this call from Jesus, this command from Jesus to live a life the way he did, how does it sit with you this morning? To be honest with you, I was like, this is gonna be a hard sermon. (laughs) Telling John, I was like, you know, I love, you guys know me, I love the like, Jesus is comforting to us and like the beauty of his love and, and I'm like, they go hand in hand. This isn't separate. When we receive God's love, we accept God's love, the next natural step is to live out God's love. And life meets us there on the other side. Friends, it's one thing for us to subscribe to the truth that Jesus is Christ the Messiah, the Son of the living God who died for our sins. And it is another to subscribe to his way of life to deny our need for posture and position, to take up our cross daily, to follow Jesus in this countercultural way would lead others to him through radically serving one another with love and humility. Living in the way Jesus loved requires sacrificing yourself over and over and over again. It's a daily commitment to a thousand deaths of self. We might have to do it a lot, especially on Thanksgiving. Little deaths here and there. But it also means that we have a thousand chances for life, for abundant life, a thousand chances for forgiveness and joy and grace and mercy, and that is good. That is life abundant. Will we trust that? Galatians 2.19 says this, for we have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Let's hold this image before us as we leave, as we go into our week. Let's subscribe to the way of Jesus to live and love like he did. Let's pray.